Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. You are about to listen to the dark forest Let's give you the info about it First of all, you know the websites dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com, if you like a determiner, jackiecation.com, has everything. All my podcasts, including uh, videos of my stand-up, my stand-up schedule, merchandise you can purchase if you would like, and a lot more info than you possibly even need. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang and produced and composed that song at the beginning of the show. He sang with his wife, Sarah. It's very beautiful. At the end of the program, he sings his version of the Mexican hat dance. That's Mike Rickberg. Vilmos fixes JackieCation.com. He is uh, the web designer over there. And Patrick Brady fixes the audio. And in this case, there's a video intro. Very exciting. Anyway, those are the websites. If you want to support the show, you're doing it already by listening to it or watching it. And Another way is to tell your friends and family, go on iTunes, do a review. Another way is to just give me money. Yeah. You could go use the donate button. You can make it even monthly if you're okay with making things monthly. You do a PayPal monthly. There's a monthly choice on PayPal. The PayPal is a button on the Jackie Cation or the Dork Forest website, and it goes directly to me. Thank you very much. I will use it wisely or foolishly. Your call as well. Now. My email address, Jackie at JackieCation.com, is where you can contact me if you have any questions or concerns and about the Dork Forest. And I do have a Venmo account. It's Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. Another way to support the show is on DorkForest.com and JackieCation.com. There's an Amazon link. And the Amazon link just takes you to Amazon. You order like normal, and it supports the show because you came from JackieCation or DorkForest.com. Very exciting. Other than that, oh, there are, there is a band camp. You can, if you have listened to all the episodes that are free and you need more content, there are several live episodes that are at thedorkforest.bandcamp.com. And those cost me a couple of bucks, so I charge a couple of bucks. There's also a storytelling album there that you can listen to some stories that I did live. And there are 17 free episodes before the Dork Forest was pre-recorded. So the audio isn't very good, but the guests were super funny and fun and dorky. So if you want to do that, go to thedorkforest.bandcamp.com. Other than that, let's see if there are other things that I should be talking about. Possibly uh, the merch. Yeah, if you want to buy merch. The only other thing I want to talk about is the merch. You can get Dork Forest t-shirts. Uh, and you can get stand-up comedy t-shirts. You can get my albums or my DVD over at JackieCation.com slash merch. There's pins. There's a challenge coin. There's a bunch of new things happening over there. Anyway, a lot of information. I think, I don't think I've missed anything, but who cares? Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I am in this room again. And uh, it's the Dork Forest, you guys. And Ranger of the Dork Forest, uh, Nicholas Betancourt, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, Glad to be here. And uh, you know what? I should rename myself so that people know who I am because you went with your full name. Good oh, yeah. Well, I don't know why. I go by Nick, but it's just, it goes it's by my name. It's a Zoom thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Zoom will do a thing. And uh, so. <laughs> Nick, you are at Nick Bet, uh, Nick H. Bet. Nick H. Bet, yeah. Yeah, N I C K H B E T, as in Nicholas H. Betancourt. So, mm-hmm. uh, Nick H. Bet on Twitter, and then at N H Betancourt on Instagram, which you don't use a lot, but. Uh, which I do not use. If you want to see you, pictures from, you know, one picture every last six months. You know. maybe what, but you have a 3D printer website. Where you have lots I, of pictures, right? I do. Um, so on Thingiverse, which is like a kind of like a social network for 3D printing. Okay. Um, I'm TX Engineer 14. Um, Excellent. So thingiverse.com slash TX Engineer 14. And you can see designs I've made and uh, things I've printed and uh, pictures. So that's nice. Okay. So you, so what we're talking about is 3D printing. All right. So I say we should definitely start with that because 
I know oh, a yeah. guy who owns a 3D printer, and Andy will sometimes, uh, my fella, will mm-hmm. uh, sometimes get, uh, not even sometimes, often, will hire him to make uh, game pieces for games that oh, he's yeah. working on, like prototypes. Do you Are you doing that? So I, I do all sorts of things. So I figured I'd... Like I'd tell like my story of 3D printing, please. Like in like in in kind of an order because it works. So um, <laughs> I'm a mechanical engineer uh, okay. in oil and gas in Houston. That's what I do for a living. Um, and so um, I've been involved. Uh, like I've worked with 3D printing a little bit through my job, basically since I started. We have printers like on. Uh, we have some printer plastic printers you know, on our campus that we can use for prototyping and stuff. So I was always kind of a little bit involved in it. We didn't use it a lot. Um, and then I had this friend that I met through work. His name is Keegan. He lives in Tucson now. Shout out. Um, and Woo! Keegan had, yeah, exactly. He, Keegan had, had a printer, had a series of 3d printers, uh, the whole time I knew him and he was always printing stuff and he was, he would print these little models. He'd print like baby Yoda. Or I guess not baby Yoda, regular Yoda. Right. <laughs> it was pre baby Yoda. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he'd print them and he'd paint them and he'd have all these things all around his house. And he was always telling me like, oh, you should get this. It'll be so cool. You'll love it. And I was always like, oh, I'm not going to use it. Like, I don't know what I'll use it for. Because right. I had a tendency, like I would know, like I do, I didn't, what Keegan does for himself is great. But for me, I was like, I don't want to just fill up my house with plastic tchotchkes right. and just have them on every surface. Right, right. So was, yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, it's cool, but whatever. Yeah. So then <laughs> with through work, I actually did like a couple of projects that were really cool on 3D printing on the industrial level. Technically, by the way, we should be talking about additive manufacturing, which is- Oh, what is any, that? Exactly, which is any manufacturing technique in which you build parts up from incremental pieces of raw material rather than starting with a hunk of raw material and shaving it down or drilling it or whatever. So again, I got corrected on this several times at work. Technically speaking, 3D printing is a subset of any additive manufacturing, but nobody ever pays attention to that. Nobody okay. cares. We have to let's unpack additive yes. manufacturing just for a second. <laughs> okay. So um, there's 3D printing is doing sort of like the opposite of a mold, right? Yeah, kind of. Because so the, there's a mold, and you pour you would pour something into a mold and then you would crack the mold and then you would have a pot or you yeah. would have a, a pipe. You would have something. Now yeah. with a, with a 3d printer, you're starting with just raw material of plastic, I assume, uh-huh. and you're putting it into a machine and it comes out, uh, extruded like a Play-Doh, like a squeezy Play-Doh thing. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so, so there's like, there's a bunch of different kinds of 3d printing and like, so for work, I actually work with metallic 3d printing where you have like metallic powder and then you like use a laser literally to like fuse a layer at a time. It's super cool. And you can, and you can print these really complex metal parts. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is really cool. And, uh, and are you, are you overseeing it or do you just sort of program it in, press start and the machine does it? So um, with the work stuff, yeah, um, you, uh, it's it's done by a separate company. We don't have metallic 3D printers on our campus because they're okay. like it's like a whole different deal. It's like a very specialized. So we don't really okay. We we, con- we contract it out. We we you know for we make uh, CAD models. CAD is computer assisted design. People don't know that. Okay. Um, uh, and so that's like a standard part of our jobs. We have to make CAD models for everything, and then the CAD models will generate a drawing, and you send the drawing to a machinist, and the machinist makes the part. That's how you make any part anywhere. Oh, okay. With, so that, with, so yeah. you ha- you have to make a model and the model, then you draw plans of that model. Wait, exactly. That feels, yes. that feels architecturally backwards. And yet, uh, to make the thing maybe is easier than to draw the thing. Oh yeah. It's way easier to like be working with like a 3d piece, like on your, on your screen and you hear, okay, I cut here and I turn it around and I'm going to cut there, whatever. And then when you finish, you're like, okay, now I'm going to make a drawing of this so that I can hand it to a machinist and the machinist will make it. Okay. Cause the machinist himself or herself is working yeah. from paperwork to create a larger version of that. Like yeah. let's, or Sorry. a smaller. No, it's, it's exactly that. So like, okay. if you, yeah, if you have just like a screw, you know, right. again, this is for any machining. This isn't just for 3D printing. Yeah. You know, you have like you have a drawing of exactly, you know, OK, so the slot goes here and it's this long or whatever. You hand it to the machinist and the machinist makes it on their, you know, on their various machining equipment. Right. 
Fast. Okay, <laughs> I've digressed. So, uh, but Perfect. additive manufacturing yeah. is uh, you have a device. Yeah. And then you're going to add something to it. You've manufactured yeah, something exactly. separate that you're going to add to it. Okay. Yeah, you got well, you take this CAD model that you've made yep. that you would uh, you would make anyway. Uh, and you just basically feed it straight into the machine. There's a little bit more involved of a process, which I can maybe talk about later, but you feed it straight into the machine and the machine just sort of spits it out. Okay. And different processes use different techniques to to go from to to make it. So again, there's the thing with the lasers, there's something called binder jet where they like literally like glue pieces together. Yeah. Um so industrial 3D printing is a whole separate deal, which is right. really fascinating, but it's not it's like... It's not your dorkdom. Yeah, it is not, not your my toy. Dorkdom. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to put it. This is my toy. <laughs> so um, on the consumer level, um, 3D printing is basically decided into two different sort of um, categories. So there's FDM, which stands for Fusion Depos Deposition Modeling. Uh, that's the kind that I have. A few, uh, and so with, what that is, is that you take, you, you start with a roll of, of filament. Uh, it's, it's plastic. There's lots of different material types, but the, there's a standard one PLA, which is what they make. Basically, it's made of like uh, polylactic acid. It's biodegradable. And it's what they make um, most disposable silverware that you get at like a restaurant. That's yeah. uh, PLA. So you have this big roll of PLA. It's like a plastic wire and you feed it through the top. It goes into like a little heated nozzle and the, and the nozzle moves around and goes printing it up layer by layer by layer. Okay. It's essentially so that, just stacking plastic on top of each other. Exactly. Un until it makes a thing. Okay. Exactly. Just melted plastic, just layer by layer, layer by layer. So that's, um, so FDM is great. It's versatile. You can make, you can use different materials, like really cool materials, strong materials. You can do flexible materials. Like you can make, you can, there's like carbon fiber impregnated uh, PLA that you can make really strong stuff. Um, like I, I could really do that with my machine with a, just a minor upgrade because the nos the nozzles that you're extruding the plastic out of are the standard materials brass, which is great because it conducts heat really well. But brass is also really soft. So if you have anything that's filled with stuff like yeah. carbon fiber or metal or anything like that, it'll wear the hole out entirely. And so you have to, it, it won't work. So you have to get right. these special like hardened nozzles, but which okay. you can get. They're like 15 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. So... Um, so you can make, so what, whatever you feed into it, you will make a different item, obviously, right? You, yeah, and, and it could be a, a different, it'll have different properties. It could be bendy. It can be solid. It can be, um, it, uh, something else. Magnetic. Magnetic. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Conductive. You can do like conductive polymers and print like a circuit board. I've never done that, but you can do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. What? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So you were doing it at work. And then yeah. you're like, I w would actually like yeah. this. At I the would house. kind of like this. So again, so my friend Keegan, this whole time, years, every couple months, I'll be like, hey, so you should get a printer. And uh, at one point, he sends me this specific one. It's called the uh, Prusa uh, Mark III. How do you spell Prusa? P-R-U-S-A. Makes sense. Um, made by a guy. Uh, uh, it's a Czech company. Because so for the, the like for basically from like 2000 to 2015. The consumer level 3D printing is all about um, is all about MakerBot. MakerBot's like the Apple of consumer 3D printers. Okay. Um, and it's nice in some ways because it's plug and play. They will usually always work. Okay. But for 3D printing, usually the kind of person who gets a 3D printer is the kind of person who loves to like tinker with stuff. Yeah. I'm guilty. And so <laughs> it's a very it's a very closed ecosystem. You can't really like mess with it. If it breaks, you got to send it to them to repair. It's okay. not really flexible. So. Um, Pr Prusa is an outgrowth of a thing called RepRap. RepRap is this like big, giant sort of like conglomeration of communities that started in the UK. That's basically under the idea that printer 3D printers should have as many as possible of their parts themselves be 3D printed, made out of plastic. Oh, so that you could get that you could make your own replacement parts. Exactly. Oh my God, the AIs are coming. Okay, the AIs are totally coming. <laughs> Uh, I uh, am sympathetic, but not supportive. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Prusa, uh, the, the Prusa Mark III is an outgrowth of that. And it's really, it's totally open source. Like you can get the plans for everything, all the software, everything is just available on, online for you to download. Uh, so you could buy all the raw materials yourself and make it if you wanted. But okay. 
realistically, you buy it from them. You either buy it fully made or you get like a $300 discount if you buy it as a kit, which you build yourself, which again, engineering nerd. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Ooh, a kit. Exactly, a kit. <laughs> a model. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you do models when you were a kid? I didn't. I, I like, I, it's weird. I was an engine. I'm, I'm like a really nerdy engineer now, but when I was a kid, it was like not really, I was not the kid. Keegan was, my friend Keegan was the yeah. guy who built the models and whatever, yeah. but I never really was somebody who like tinkered a lot or like broke open, you know, cabinets to see how they went together. That wasn't my thing. Now I right. do. I love it, but it's just, right. for, wasn't my but thing. But so weirdly <laughs> enough, you sort of fell into it later. Okay. Exactly. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> So, um, so, but still he sends this to me, it's like 700 bucks for the kit. And I'm like, okay, but I still don't know what I would use it for. Yeah. So enter now, now we get to the Gloomhaven part of this story. <laughs> okay. Gloomhaven is a game. Gloomhaven right? is a board game. <laughs> it's a board game. So I am not a huge, I mean, like I play some board games, some video games. I'm not like a huge gamer. Right. You know, it's fine. Um, but so I'm reading Gizmodo, the tech blog Gizmodo, okay. um, randomly one day and, um, I'm scrolling past and there's this like promotion thing that says, you know, Gloomhaven is now on sale, um, for $150 and I'm literally keep scrolling. I don't know what this means, but as I'm scrolling, I'm reading a paragraph and I, three things jump out at me. One is that this was voted the 2017 board game of the year by boardgamegeek.com. Right. Uh, two is that, um, it's, it's this this was its third printing and the first two printings had sold out in one week. Okay. Um, and that resale and that were resold on eBay for like $250, $300. Right. So ridiculous exactly. collector. Yeah. So, I'm, so that makes me go, okay, so if this is available and this seems to be cool, let me look at it. So I look at it. And so what Gloomhaven, and I find out what it is and I, I'm fascinated and I buy it. So what Gloomhaven is, is it is a legacy board game. So legacy games are the new hotness in board games nowadays and sometimes fun sometimes not fun so sometimes well done sometimes not well done but is there is gloomhaven only available as a legacy game yes okay so legacy means finite right there's you play it for i tried to do pandemic mm -hmm. literally got bored <laughs> and uh because i like original pandemic uh and I mm -hmm. don't, I'm not enjoying the one we're living through, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, um, but legacy is there's, it's, it, it's got a, a story arc essentially. And so there's maybe 12 episodes or something, right? Yeah. So Gloomhaven yeah. has like a hundred episodes. So the, it's, oh, it's yeah. big. It's huge. It's basically how? a video game, but as a board game. And how many people play? Uh, one to four. So you can actually <laughs> play it by yourself. Yeah. You can play Gloomhaven as a. As a, as a one-player board game? As a one-player game, just like as a video game for yourself, kind of. Oh, my God. I think I might have to get it then because you, my you, biggest problem with uh, the pandemic uh, was trying to get four people to schedule their lives. Yeah, And uh, you were just like, oh, well, I guess we aren't. I mean, maybe that's what did it, but there's a single-player version. There is a single-player, like, mode. It's the same oh, thing. Yes. So, um, okay. So, um, so I read this game, I start looking at it. So yeah, so basically it's like, it's basically a video game. So you, you make a character, you, you make like a party, a group of characters. Um, and there's a story that you follow and every, every session you sit down, um, and it's like one scenario, it's like two to four hours and you, it tells you the game tells you how to, you have all these map tiles. So okay. the game says, put the tiles together like this, put down like obstacle tokens and monster tokens here. Um, and then this is your story. This is your goal for the scenario and you play through. And the play, the play itself is really fun. It's like card based. Um, and so you have these moves that you can play out of your hand, but then there's strategy involved. It's really, the rules are really, really complicated. And it took us all a long time to get used to it. Oh, it's all fiddly? Okay. Yes. Hmm. It's very, very fiddly. I, I slowly back away, possibly <laughs> yeah. from Gloomhaven. But once you get it, you get it, and it's amazing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Super, super fun. So I get I get this game. I, I start setting it up. Um, I find a group of people. We, we play once a week. Super. We have a blast. So we're doing this for like six months. There's this big <laughs> community on Reddit for Gloomhaven. Okay. Um, literally a huge portion of this community is people asking these weird rules questions where it's like, if I'm in this thing and this happens and whatever, like, you know, it's, but yeah, but of course. the other thing that people do on this, sorry. Right. And it's one of the great things about Reddit, uh, that they, they, when Reddit is used for its powers for good, you can find out weird, very, very specific things. Exactly. So. 
By the way, I talk really fast um, and I get get carried away. So please, like, if you need to smack me on the head and be like, oh. I need to talk now. Uh, this is my favorite dork for us. Plug and play. Go, my friend. Go. Uh, I'm with Nick Bentoncourt, by the way, and it is uh, TX Engineer 14. On, what is the name of that? Um, Thingiverse. 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 Yeah. Yeah, okay. thing, T-H-I-N-G-I-V-E-R-S-E, which is okay. run by MakerBot, the the Apple of 3D printing. Okay. Um, but, Just but, so you know. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, so, all right, so I'm on this thing. And the other thing that people do is the, the, the in Gloomhaven, the monsters and the obstacles or whatever are literally are these, these little cardboard tokens. They come okay. up the game. They have the, they have the picture printed on them. Um, and, you know, I'm not like a minifig person. I never did Warhammer or whatever, but right. I know that those people exist. Sure <laughs> and, do. <laughs> and those people really wanted minifigs. They really wanted minifigs for this oh, game. Oh, right. But there would literally, if you want, like, so, and the the creator, by the way, Gloomhaven is the brainchild of one person, Isaac Childress. It's, his mind is a, must be a wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay. Yes. Has he made other games? He's made he made a game called um, Forge Wars, something like that. That was his one before Gloomhaven. Okay. Then he made a Gloomhaven spinoff called Founders of Gloomhaven, which I did not like. Okay. Um, but that was because it was not my kind of game. I hate games where you get where your plan when you make a decision you get like locked into it. So uh, I hate that. So because uh, so regular Gloomhaven has more flexibility to it. Oh yeah, because it's like it's like you know there's there's chance elements to it. You're not rolling dice. You have cards. Okay, what? So it's is it a deck building game? Is it a worker replacement game? What is it? It's it's kind of like a friend of mine described it as Dungeons and Dragons for people who really don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, so or, it, yes, yeah. how so? Because it's um, you have all the you have it's it's basically entirely combat. Although some of the scenarios you do like non combat things, but it's still mostly like you got monsters and they're trying to kill you. Okay. Um, and um, and the story is really cool. Like I mentioned that there's, you know, there's like a hundred different scenarios and you play one every time, but then you make choices as a, as a team, as a party at the end of it. And it's like, choose your own adventure. There's like branching storylines and, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm yeah. now interested. In <laughs> okay. We're back in. Okay. okay you're, you're coming out. You're coming back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I spent my entire life with games like that going, I don't know. It looks hard. Oh, it's super fun. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you're fighting at the end at the end of it, um, and um, so there's all these monsters and all these obstacles. There's like you know hundreds of these little tokens, and so Childress, the, the Isaac Childress, the guy who made it, was asked. He's like, they were like, oh, you know, people want minifigs because the the player characters have minifigs um, that it comes with, and he's like, it would have made the game. The box would have been twice as big, and the box is already enormous. Like here, right. point okay. you the, the that that game at the bottom, that's the Gloomhaven box. It's okay. Huge. Uh, all right, yeah, it's it's yeah. taking up uh, half of a shelf. Half of a shelf, exactly. Yeah, that's super tall. We might have it. Uh, <laughs> I know that we have a game closet, and some of the boxes are too big. Yeah. So okay. So he was like, yeah, the the box would be t- twice as big, and this hundred and fifty dollar game would be a three hundred dollar game. Like it's just too much. <laughs> and if I made right. it, yeah. So, but then, so there's this community of people who are on the Gloomhaven Reddit and they are printing, 3D printing minifigs for the monsters, for the obstacles. Enter the 3D printer. (laughs) They're also, by the way, 3D printing organizing stuff for the the stuff, which I also love because I'm that kind of a nerd. Because again, the game's huge and there's a million components. So it helps to be able to organize things, you know, places, put the cards, the tokens, whatever. Oh, 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 to... The, uh, I see. Okay, the insert into the box. Okay, got it. All right. So... Again, and now I'm still a little hesitant. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. But now my thing is, okay, but I can't paint. And I don't want to make blank because <laughs> I can't, I have the motor skills of like a drunk monkey. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I can't paint for shit. Okay. So enter, now enter into this scenario. Um, my partner, Christopher, who yes. um, we had been dating for like six months, maybe sure. uh, at this point, not that long. And I had brought it up to him and this cool thing or whatever. And Christopher uh, is in is in the restaurant business, but he also has lots of side hobbies. Uh, he's a he's a makeup artist on the side, and he's a drag queen on the side, and he also does art on the side. He's very artsy fartsy. That's awesome. Uh, exactly. And so we've been chatting, and he I mentioned to him that oh I I can print these minifigs, but I don't I don't know how to paint them and whatever. And 
out of the blue, I'm at work and he texts me and he goes, hey, um, so I was looking at YouTube tutorials on minifig painting and <laughs> it seems like I could do this. This is the thing that I could do. It would be fun. And I was like, and I just go, wait, are you telling me that if I bought this and I printed these, you would paint them? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I'm buying it right now. I was literally sitting at my work computer. I bought it then. I went on the website and I bought it. That is awesome. Because now it's something, now you have a thing you do together. Exactly. Right. So you, so you bought the, you bought the 3d printer at that moment. Yeah. And right what, at that moment. And did you buy the, the Prusa? I bought the Prusa. I bought the one that Keegan, because I was like, Keegan has done all the research. He's done all the whatever. Sure. He he has like a very, an even fancier printer. He has like a professional level, whatever. Oh, but really? He goes, but he had said to me, he was like, you don't need that. This is the one you need. And I was like, you know what? I trust you. You're smart. <laughs> right. And if you buy something basic, how much is the Prusa? How much the Prusa was, it? was The kit is 700 Okay. Because you save $300 if you build yeah. it yourself or something, exactly. right? Do not ask me how much I have spent since then on like, Additions, modifications, upgrades. <laughs> How long have you had it? Uh, this would have been this. This was happening at the fall of 2018. So about two years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've had it for uh, for two years, and yeah. you are printing minifigs for Gloomhaven. I am printing. Well, I'm not anymore. I did. Okay. I so. Um, that was that was the gateway. That was uh, the gateway printer. <laughs> so the, it comes in. I have to build it. Building it is fun, but I'm doing it like at night. I work nine to five. Yeah. Um, and um, and it was actually really funny. Christopher and I were not living together at the time. Oh, fun side note. Uh, Christopher and I moved in together literally three weeks before pandemic started. Wow. <laughs> that. Uh, I hope I like you. <laughs> yeah, and, uh... pretty much. We are now, because we're now married. <laughs> right, <laughs> been, exactly. Oops, yeah. Congratulations, though. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm really glad that it worked. <laughs> it did. It worked out. There were rough Yay! times, but you know what? It's a hard time. <laughs> exactly. It is a hard time. You got to organize and figure out how to live together. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about it. I have not Sorry. been home for six months in a row for thirty uh, odd years, and uh, I am married. And uh, Andy is. Uh, we. He, it's been really, really cool. Uh, with occasional. Uh, could I go into a different room, please? And, <laughs> right. So obviously, and now we have this tiny, we have this tiny garage room, which, uh, I, I sometimes spend three or four hours in it, which means that he can get work done in the house. And I, cause I, if, cause our, our, we have our computers set up sort of mm -hmm. like, um, back to back, like a mm -hmm. cube. And, um, and so I, I'm chatty. Uh, he oh, doesn't, me too. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need it. Uh, so uh, if I'm in this room, I can uh, I can fuck off, quite honestly. Yeah, anyway, so uh, okay, so now you have. So now I have this printer. It has come. I have to. I now I have to build it. Mm -hmm. um, building it is fun, challenging but fun. Um, it was really funny because the, I built it on my kitchen table. But then the other thing is, I don't have anywhere to put it once it's built. So the very first thing that I printed with it was a thing that the Prusa people have on their site, which is, um, it's an enclosure that's made out of uh, two $5 Ikea tables. Oh! Yes, because it's open, because that's that's the other thing is that it's here. This is the first time that I'm gonna share my screen. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are <laughs> looking at this on YouTube. Right. Uh, let's, okay. So, uh, it's not, it's not, that's not a good picture. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I'm, um, oh, there we go. That's better. There we go. So share photos. There we go. Can you see it? Yeah. Okay. Wow. What? So, so if you look on the inside of it, so the, the printer is, is open. It's not enclosed by default. And I have a cat. So that's a yeah. recipe for disaster. <laughs> sure is. And uh, are you torturing the cat by having a roll of toilet paper underneath it? What is... <laughs> She's not that kind of a cat, but if she was, it would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a two-story cabinet. It's a, essentially a two-story cabinet built out of Ikea tables. And so they had this stuff on their site on how to build like these things to put it all together, these little shelves to put like the power supply, all this stuff. So that was the very first thing that I built. Right, and they also have a link to IKEA to the exact table you need. Hopefully, yes, exactly. It's yeah, it, there's it's the IKEA is like super the cheapest coffee right. table they got, but and, yes, it's the exact one that you need. And and so the symbiotic relationship between make what, but what is it called? <laughs> between yeah, Prusa, this is Prusa. Oh, this is, oh it's Prusa yeah. and IKEA. Okay, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, all right.
There we go. So, but it's too. So what is in the lower and what is in the t- upper? The lower, the lower cabinet is just a bunch of like my tools and shit. That paper, okay. t- the, the the toilet paper section, paper towels. Because the one of the things, like, there's lots of like things that you have to wor- think about when you're 3D printing, and that's one of the things I love about it. There's like a lot of different little things to track, <laughs> and one of them is the first, the very first layer that you print on has to stick, and it has to stick perfect. Um, because if it doesn't, if it comes loose, the whole thing just goes to shit. It'll just totally come apart. It's okay. called spaghetti because you literally end up with what looks like a bunch of spaghetti. Because if the the, the nozzle is going to still move wherever it thinks it needs to be moving, but if the part underneath it isn't there anymore, you're just making a you're, mess. Okay. Weird. Okay. So is the green and yellow on top with the fan? What is that? So that's a so that's not a fan. That's a temperature and humidity sensor. Same deal. So okay. if you want it, if this is not so much a problem, I live in Houston, so it's not so much of a problem here. But if you live in a cold climate, um, especially when you print with certain materials like ABS, um, what's ABS? ABS is um, ABS is what they make Legos out of. I've never okay. printed with ABS because um, it's a bitch to print with and it smells like burning plastic when it's printing. Oh, charming. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Yeah, it's. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. if you print with those, and and the and the area around the printer is cool. Yeah, the, the print it'll just like it'll cool down too fast and it'll warp. So it's nice to have the inside of it, and you don't have to have like a heater or anything. The printer itself will just heat up heat up the enclosure. Okay, can um, you like zoom 95. in on that? Yes. Oh. Oh. Can I? Ooh. There we go. Ooh. Ooh. There. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so there is the the. Thing you tap, or yeah, is there's that the, tap like the or... control panel. It, yeah, yeah, it's 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 like it's with buttons. There's no touch. Fortunately, okay. not fancy enough for touch screen. It does look <laughs> very simple and just a a, a knob and it's a, a yeah. and an a LED and a screen. Yeah. Yep. So um, how do you do it? So you. Um, so, so yeah, so you have to, of course you have to keep everything very clean. Cause that's the thing about sticking is that you have to clean everything with alcohol before you print with it. Okay. But you also have to clean. And then they tell you that like once a month clean with acetone. And I was like, where the hell do I buy acetone? And I looked it up on Reddit yeah. and they were like, you can buy acetone at like Home Depot, but the best place to buy acetone for this, the purest acetone you can buy, uh, is at the pharmacy. Because if you buy hundred percent acetone for nail polish remover because it's for people because it's pharmaceutical yeah um, it's per it's super pure and it won't leave a residue oh so you're <laughs> just it's nail it's nail polish nail remover. polish remover you have to okay. make sure that you get, don't get anything with anything fancy in it like with vitamin E or whatever you're like I want the good shit uh, just pure. Right, right 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 I don't I, I I don't need it to be softer I just need <laughs> exactly. it yeah I'm not trying to keep my nails alive I'm trying trying to clean a thing uh-huh so uh so is it is 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 nail nail polish remover? This is much like lipstick, people. I don't know anything about nail polish remover. Uh, is it uh, um, is that the default? Is it cheaper to get it without the vitamin E, or is it cheaper to get it with uh, stuff in it? Uh, it's usually cheaper, it. but if if it's cheaper, it's by like you know it's a sixteen ounce bottle. It's by right. so it's a difference of like a dollar, two dollars. Right, right. It's forty seven yeah. cents difference. Yeah, fair exactly. enough. Okay, just curious. Okay, now it looks like you have made crystal. So yeah, so these are crystals. These are little crystal things being printed. And uh, if you look back here, this is what they look like painted. Oh, uh, co- nice work, one. Christopher. Wait, yeah, oh yeah, Christopher is a. There we go. This is nice. So oh, for Christmas that for Christmas that year, I got him uh, a little light box like they use for like eBay things. So you like set it up and it has lights and like a background. Okay. Oh, so like a lot a of these pictures are taken box? in that. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So awesome. a lot of these pictures are taken in that. So yeah, no, he did. He did some amazing. He's done some amazing jobs on on printing these. We're like, the these dragons are insane. These little mini dragons, and oh, I put a dude. little quarter in there. They're ti- they're tiny. Like I yeah. don't understand how he can do this. He's sitting there holding it right in front of his face. With he's these... he's not using a a micro uh, like a, a a a Sherlock Holmes has a magnifying a... glass. No. Thanks, thanks for playing password <laughs> with me. Okay, so nope, he's just what? doing it with his eyeballs. Look what he did with the tongue. Okay, every, go to YouTube, you guys. You gotta <laughs> see this stuff. I mean, he's like, and and and, and you know, these hair, these paintbrushes he's using have like three hairs on them, and he's yeah. just, it's insane. That's so cool. You are so lucky that he loves to do this. <laughs> I am so lucky, and he's so lucky that you have a three D printer. So <laughs> exactly. That he... <laughs> so I go. I I'm printing all of these um these minifigs, and 
Um, I have to change. Um, I have to change nozzles. So I remember I, I said that these. The nice thing about these Prusa printers is that they they're sort of like configurable. You can mess with them. And one of the things that you can configure is um, I'm going to unshare my screen for a bit. Um, okay. So one of the things that you can configure is the nozzle size. So the as I, so I mentioned that you know you have this filament that that pushes out. And it goes through this, it gets heated up and squeezed out through the nozzle. So the standard aperture size for a nozzle is 0.4 millimeters. Everything, by the way, everything 3D printing related is metric. Absolutely right. everything. Sure. How <laughs> is your metric? Is it pretty good? It's Do you gotten a lot better since I started doing this. <laughs> <laughs> can you think in metric yet? I, I, I can. And again, it's because of this. It's because I've had so much experience now with like, okay, so when I make it one millimeter, it looks like this or it fits this way. Like yeah. when you get that sort of, I, yeah, practical I, hands on. Yeah, I just I, I would like to learn that language. Uh, and again, uh, no effort is being put into that. So but go for it. Yeah. So yeah. So if you can also you can change that aperture size. And if you go bigger, you can print faster because you print more material at a time and also stronger. Okay. Um, and uh, if you print, but if you go smaller, you can get more detail. And so ah, the like, the, smallest... like the bumps on the on the Dragons. Exactly. The bumps on the dragons. So the, the standard, there's a lot of different things that affect the quality of a 3D print, like how much detail you can get. But the sort of like the most important is layer height. So again, 3D printing builds up layer by layer by layer. The thinner your layers, the prettier your print's going to look, the smoother it's going to look, especially when you have lots of curves. Okay. Curves and slopes. So <laughs> Curves and what? Slopes. Curves slopes. 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 Yeah. Got it. Right. Um, so... Um, but then what the, for, for minifigs, what the tiny nozzle lets you do is it gives you better detail on the horizontal. So you, if you have like, you know, like a tiny little like ridge where he's holding a sword. Yeah. You can print that a lot better and with more detail. Um, and you can also print these tiny, tiny, tiny layer heights. Like to give you a, a, a rough ballpark of like what layer heights are like. So 0.2 millimeter layer height is like a rough draft. Point. One five is some detail. Point one is pretty detailed. So a, with a tiny nozzle like that, ones that I use to print these minifigs, you can get um, like point oh five layer height. So these really hyper detail. Wow. So oh, I had a question and it went away. Okay. Uh, no, that's okay. It's um, the 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 detail. So you're you're layering to make the minifig. Yeah. And um, you're making sure the first layer is solid. Like it's it has solid to, and sticky. Because it's building on that first layer up from exactly. there. And then um Oh, I know. It's what do you if it has a knob and a button, how the hell are you creating the instructions? Oh, ha ha ha. So here's <laughs> another I'm gonna share again. Okay. So um you use a slicing program. So the the Way uh, um, the the design of a part into the printer t is in tiny three stages. boat. Tiny boat. This is called Benchy. This is a standard benchmark. The SS Benchy. It's a standard benchmark print. <laughs> um, so you can if you print this, your printer's working pretty good. Okay. So oh, is um, it the test print? Yes, exactly. Oh, I interesting. The SS Benchy because it's a benchmark. Yes. Um, so um, so you start with whatever program you're designing, like the, your CAD program. I, for work, I'm familiar with one called Creo. SolidWorks is a very, very popular one. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a free one called Fusion 360, yeah. um, which is very popular because it's free. Yeah. But this, by the way, was the downfall of consumer 3D printing in the aughts and the teens, um, was that, you know, MakerBot especially tried really hard to push this for consumers. But the big, big problem was that um, the, the software to design CAD software is one, really hard to use and two, really expensive. Like a commercial license for SolidWorks costs like two grand a year. Oh my God. So, yeah. So if you're not, uh, if you're not if like you a company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause not, how do you, how do you write that off? How do you, exactly. yeah, you need a company. So is, so what's the, what's the free one called? The free one's called Fusion 360. And it's okay. Is it? It's okay. I, okay. I, I've used it. It's okay. Okay, um, but the one that you have is called Creo, or the one that I have is called Creo, and so that's I, I use that. That's the one that I use for work. Okay. Um. So so they have they have purchased yeah, license. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because it's work. Exactly. Uh, they're a job. So okay. so you make whatever you're going to make in, in your CAD program, whatever it is, and then you export it. And so the CAD file is like what they call parametric. So it's sort of 
conceptual. You say, I've got a part this, uh, a block this big, and I cut out a slot here and a hole there, and it's all like that. So you can manipulate it and go back and say, no, I don't want that or change it, whatever. So then you export it, you save it as a mesh file. And the mesh file is literally just a bunch of triangles. And all it is is the final sort of physically, what is the outline of this part look like? So you can't actually do anything with a mesh file. I mean, you can, there are programs that let you do it, but it's much, much harder because it's like working with clay. You, you can't just say put a hole here or whatever. It's like you have to physically move things. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So don't mess with mesh files if you don't have to. Okay. Um, but anyway, so then you, the mesh file gets loaded into this program that I'm showing right now, which is called a slicer. There's lots of different types of slicers. I'm using one called Prusa Slicer because it's free and Prusa, it's the one that Prusa makes. Right. Um, and the slicer is the part where you create a file. The file is called a G-code file. G -code. And the G-code file is raw data that says to the printer, move the nozzle here, extrude the plastic there. It's, it's Oh, it's sort of like 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 old timey looms that were actually had computer cards. It's exactly like that. Okay. It's exactly like that. Do so this, the G code don't do file, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Move here. So that's raw. So the G code file. Um, so when people share their designs online, they share their STLs, the mesh files. Okay. Um, that's the easy because it's the easiest thing because you can just plug it straight into the slicer and slice it for your printer. Okay. Sometimes people share G code files, but G code files are super specific because they're they're for your printer. They encode like the temperature, all of your little idiosyncratic, you know, oh, okay. things. So it's all it's all very personal. So you can share G code files. Some people do, but it only works if the other person has the exact same printer you do. And if and if you don't, do you have to sort of retcon? Do you have to sort of unpack you, I it mean, and sometimes, but not, I mean, there's very little you can do from a G code file. Like you can maybe like change the temperature, but that's pretty much it. Oh, good grief! So yeah. if 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 you do share it, share it as a mesh file. As a mesh file, and yeah. and then the mesh file has to be made into a G code file anyway. Exactly. For your own uh, exactly. device. So when you okay. do it, and I'll, I'll show here. So you, you stick it in, you put all your settings, your layer height and your whatever. There's, a, again, a million different settings to play with. This is this is the best worst part about printing is when a print doesn't work. Yeah. And so you have to go back in and you go, okay, what, what can I tweak? Because there's a hundred thousand things you can tweak. Right. And you just go keep doing it. So yeah, okay. so then once when you get it, then it creates this, you, you review it. And you can't, for those of you who are not on YouTube, you um, it will spit out like a thing, like a preview that you can go layer by layer. Let me zoom in. Okay. And I'll say, okay, so this is the 43rd layer, 40, you know, one. Okay. How many layers has this thing got? The, this this uh, one, because I printed it in pretty, uh, in pretty nice detail has 320 layers. Okay. But the number of layers obviously depends on what you're, what you're building and um, how thick you want your layers to be. And can the layers, what is the thickest? Like, could you do it in one? That so, the, <laughs> so the 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 layer th maximum layer thickness depends on the width of your nozzle, like I mentioned before. Right. So the th the that's why um, bigger nozzles print faster because you could do th um, thicker layers. Okay, I so see. Yeah. On a 0.4 millimeter, the standard nozzle, the thickest you can do is 0.3 millimeters, um, but that's and even that's kind of iffy. It, it'll it'll be really ugly. Um, the next size up, which I use sometimes uh, for a 0.6 and 0.8 millimeters uh, nozzle, you can do um, 0.4 millimeters, and that that's nice because you can get, you can get, if you're printing just like a block, something that's you know not not a slow plot like a functional piece, thick yeah. layers are nice, and you can just go fast. Right, and it's um, and the detail is there if you use a bigger nozzle, like it's like like it if the nozzle is bigger, it can give you a little more detail. No, if the nozzle is bigger, it gives you less detail. Okay, you, it just prints faster. It just prints that's, faster, right? So it's yeah. just a little more blobby looking. Exactly, that's okay. your that's your trade off: faster versus you know Got faster it. print versus detail. Makes sense. So so um, so this once you once you have it and you like it, then you load it onto uh, in this in my print for my printer an SD card, which is a little memory card. Oh. You plug it in the side and you say, okay, print this file, and then okay. it goes. Because um, the button and uh, the button and knob on your printer will find the file. Exactly. You just navigate to the menu and okay. you say, okay, I want this file. And uh, and you're pulling it off an SD card, which is an old-timey yeah. camera card, if I remember correctly. I mean, it's a regular camera card. If you buy a digital yeah. camera now, that's what it is. That's what um, it is. Now, Different sizes. You, get, you can, with the Prusa, and lots of people do, you can do this whole thing online. Uh, there's a service and a thing called OctoPrint whole thing where you just connect, you connect to your printer over the internet and you load okay. the file over the internet and it all goes through there. I've tried it. Sorry. You're going to say oh, something? I, no, I was going to ask, is there a way to hardwire your computer to the Prusa? 
Yeah, but that is, uh, that's actually bad um, because then if your uh, if your computer cuts out for any reason, the whole print dies. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's why you're using the and and when you've yeah. tried to do it over the internet, what happens? It's fine. It just for for me personally, it just seems like a, a bunch of extra steps that don't really help. <laughs> oh, when you can just put it on the card and then exactly. turn some roll, people really like roll it. over. Yeah, they can they can leave. You can hook up a webcam if you go on YouTube and look up like. 3d printer time lapses yeah you can do this thing where it hooks up a webcam to it and then in between every layer it moves to a certain it moves to the same place and takes a picture so that you get this time lapse where it looks like this whole thing is just climbing and magically appearing from the from the bed it's pretty cool looking oh that's so you awesome can only, you can only do that with the um with the when you do it online with octoprint that's what it's called okay um yeah i have another question Yes. Uh, unless you have more about no. the software. Okay, so how much are the plastic parts? How much is the stuff you use to... So, Oh, the, the plastic, once you get the plastic, it's, for the most part, super cheap. It's like 20 bucks for a kilogram, which is a lot of plastic. Okay. Um, and I have, you end up, like, um, anybody listening who does textiles, like knit, knits or crochets or whatever, yeah. has a similar it has a similar problem with yarn, yeah. where you'll buy, you'll buy a new skein of yarn, or in my case, a new roll of filament, because you're like, oh, this is a really pretty color, or it's supposed <laughs> to print really cool, and then you just end up with this gigantic pile of filament boxes, and you're like, right. I need to stop buying filament and just use what I have. Right, right, exactly, yeah, I have friends who have, like, closets full of yarn, or whatever, <laughs> or cloth, or whatever. Yes, exactly. Um, so you have boxes and boxes of different colors. Are there different, um, and, and I know that there are because you've mentioned it, but yeah. different textures that you have? Yeah, different material types. So as I mentioned, so PLA is like the basic one and it's it's cheap, it's biodegradable. Um, it prints oh, really easy. Okay. Uh, it, it, like, you know, because that's the, the, the other thing is that different materials have different like difficulties of print. So PLA prints super easy. Um, you don't need a heated bed. So the Prusa and almost all modern printers have a heater into the bed so it stays nice and hot while you're printing. Um, and with most of the fancy materials, you actually need that or it won't stick and the whole thing won't work. Yeah. Um, but PLA, you actually technically don't need that. Um, so which is great because for the old old fashioned printers, like the old ones, they didn't yeah. have it. Ah. But so my, my two materials are PLA, something called PLA plus, which is literally just like fancy PLA. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and PETG. PETG is what they make um, soda bottles out of. Okay. Well, technically Soda bottles are PET without the G, whatever. Okay. Um, and so B, uh, or PET G is um, it's stronger. It's nice. Okay. The, the downside to PET G is that um, uh, it's that it's I forget the word. There's like a fancy science word for this, but it absorbs moisture from the air really easily. Okay. Uh, and if so, if it's humid, like if you live in say Houston, right? Uh, um, it, it, you can't really leave it out for very long. Uh, it'll it'll start to absorb all the moisture from the air and then it doesn't print very well. It doesn't stick. It doesn't. It, oh, you know, it so what, you have to store it somewhere super dry. Yeah, I store all of my filament. I again, giant nerd. I have yep. one of those vacuum sealer. Um, oh, vacuum you sealers have... for food. Sure. Yeah, because um, I also sous vide. Um, What's sous vide? Sous vide is where you. It's like you have like what I call the magic wand, and you so you have food in this in this vacuum sealed bag. So you suck all the air out and it's nice and tight. And then you have this uh, this little like stick that you stick into a pot full of water and you control it from an app and you say, okay, I want the water to be at 156.7 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh -huh. And then you put the food in there for like four hours. It's low and slow. And then it comes out and it's perfectly cooked and you open the bag and it's done. So you can make all these like super, it's great, like vegetables and you can make steak that's like perfect all the way through. You could make yogurt. You Oh, people absolutely make yogurt with this and creme yeah. fraiche. I have been making yogurt in quarantine. Uh, I've learned to make yogurt, and I've learned another thing. Nick, uh, I don't eat a lot of yogurt. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I've learned to make a thing. So you, okay, so you sh essentially shrink wrap this stuff, yeah. which which can keep it at a better temperature? It, it keeps it at a better humidity. You stick okay. it, um, so, so it keeps all the humidity out. But then okay. I also have, I bought... This is one of the things that I bought where I'm like, do I really need this? But I actually love it now. <laughs> I bought a, a device called the Print Dry, which is they charge a premium to, to sell you a food dehydrator. And that's literally what it is. Okay. Um, and so you put the filament in there while it's printing or when it's not, whatever. And you turn it on and it just blows hot air on it to, to suck all the moisture out if you have either to oh, keep it dry or to so dry it out. It's attached to your to your coffee table setup? Yeah, I just put it on top of the coffee table. 
Okay. And, uh, oh, and so it's, it's portable. So you just yeah. do it when you're printing essentially. Yeah. Uh, just to blow hot air on it, to mm-hmm. get the moisture out of there. Yeah. It's the same it's literally for people who make jerky or whatever. It's the same thing. Just blows hot. Oh, air. Fair enough. Uh, that is fascinating. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen giant, I have watched a YouTube video where they have made housing. Oh, those huge ones. I've seen those. <laughs> those are super cool. Like the concrete one. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. I don't have one of those for me. No, no. Uh, that's <laughs> a, that's a, a future trip. So uh, the, uh, the um, but you can make, all you have to do, so you, in the software, you can design, right? Yeah. yeah. So you could design anything. You're like, I would yeah. like... A sword. I need yeah. glam drink, and I, which exactly. is uh, Gandalf sword. And but it was uh, I would like that, and you could print that. Now your your three D printer is relatively small. Yes, this is actually uh, for for a three D printer. Mine's on the large side. It's oh, a pr- is it? print volume. Yeah, the print volume is two fifty by two fifty by two ten millimeters. So that's like it's like ten by ten by twelve inches, or ten okay. by twelve by ten inches. Um, but yeah, so you, if you want to print glam drink, cosplayers, by the way, the other thing that we haven't even touched on is cosplayers love 3d printing. You want to print yourself a stormtrooper helmet or an Iron Man faceplate. Love that. And, um, and you can do it this so it fits. Well, you have to, you have to break it into pieces. Okay. So you're making parts, uh, yeah, essentially exactly. you're making a model and then you're exactly. reassembling it. And then once you reassemble it and you glue it together. Yep. And you glue it together. Okay, this is another hour. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so have you done any of that? Have you made any costume parts? I have not done, I'm not a cosplay person. Um, I'm not a huge costume costume person. Uh, my, my partner, the drag queen, has yes. always been, uh, he has been, uh, you know, we've chatted about it. There are things, right. we have ideas, things that we could do. Um, how about, but, how about uh, like, uh, um, the, the fruit hat? Oh, I yes, want... the Carmen Miranda hat? Yes, yes. Oh, you want to hear a hilarious story about that? Yes, my please. little brother, um, it was born on Halloween. Okay. And my sister Monica is uh, nine years older than him. So when the day that he was born, she was trick or treating, and she finished trick or treating and then came to the hospital. And so there's a picture of her holding her newborn baby brother in a full Carmen Miranda costume with the hat. <laughs> oh my God, that is uh, that should be framed. That picture needs to be printed and made nice. Absolutely, because uh, that is a fantastic. That's fun for him. That's fun for her. That's fun exactly. for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a Carmen Miranda story myself. Is uh, I have always wanted Andy to make. He's a game designer, mm-hmm. and so I have always wanted him to make a game called The Final Banana. And uh, The Final Banana would essentially be like a, 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 a not Tetris, but uh, Jenga, where uh-huh. you would stack fruit. And you would stack the final banana. He, uh, it turns out, has feature creep and has been <laughs> o- has has overlooked, has has overworked the final banana idea for a game into a thousand other games that have cards. I love that. <laughs> that have uh, he wants there to be a card on your head that has a banana. He wants to build a crown that you wear and you have to. D- build it on a person's head. I'm like, stop talking. Make me a pile of fruit and then the final banana. Uh, he has not done that. He has not done that. But maybe when he does do it, you can 3D print fruit. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the last, the one thing that I wanted to talk about before um, oh, yeah. time was the, so I mentioned way back in the Stone Ages when I started this conversation, <laughs> that there's two main, um, there's two main categories of 3D printers for home for consumers, and that mine is the FDM, the fusion model with plastic. Mm-hmm. The other main one, uh, it has a couple different names. People usually refer to them as resin printers. So resin printers use a totally different style of to build up material, which is where you you take a, a bunch of liquid, and you pour it into a tank, um, and there's a screen that's like literally it's a screen, but the, instead of like sending out vi- like a regular LED screen, but instead of sending out visual light, it sends out UV light. And so it, it, and this liquid that you pour in is UV curing. So you, so you cure, you make solid. It's a, um, one layer at a time. So it's like, a, so it'll the screen will have the image of one layer, and then it moves down. It has the image of the next layer, and it moves down. And resin printers are really cool. People who get really into minifigs use resin printers because the r- resin printer, they're unlike FDMs. There's not as much material choice. They're not as flexible. Um, but what they are is hyper, hyper detailed. You make these, you can make these tiny, beautiful wow. parts 
with these tiny, tiny layer heights, you can make these gorgeous minifigs. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want one. Yeah. Um, but uh, Christopher said no, because <laughs> uh, the one I want is $2,000. Oh, God. Um, and also, also um, they are really messy. And uh, like, you have this liquid that you have to deal with. Oh. So when you take it out, they're still wet and you have to like cure them specially. And you, they you would smell. need a workspace. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you would need, need a, a yeah, workspace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need a garage, basically. Because yeah, they need a also garage. go off fumes. Yeah, you need essentially your dad's workroom. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so, or someone's dad's workroom. But one day, uh, yeah. one Not day my in the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> someone's dad. It's, yes. And uh, that is hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be. That sounds cool. Are there, so you're, if your machine, if your 3D printer is pretty big, uh-huh. there are bigger ones. The concrete oh, yeah. ones are obviously. Oh, yeah. And there's big versions of mine too. There's big fusion printers. I'm trying to get um, my office to buy one oh. uh, that, that can print. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we, we need it. We have, we make huge parts. Okay. Um, and, uh, and we want to prototype them. Yeah. But like there's things where you can do like a, a, a cube. The, the build volume is like a meter. It's like three feet cube and you can build in that huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're yeah. really cool. So um, if, but if you had that giant machine and you mm-hmm. had a tiny nozzle, could you build the most detailed yeah, thing? Yes, you could. You over, absolutely could. And how long does it take to build a thing? Does it take an hour? Does it take a day? It, it, it's on the scale of hours. Again, it's a, it's a thing of, it's a thing of, um, uh, it's a trade-off of detail. So right. I will say that when I was making the figures for Gloomhaven, right. um, I would print like eight at a time and I had these tiny, tiny layers. And so I would print eight minifigs would literally take like two to three days solid. It would just go printing. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So you would yeah. essentially press play. And then walk away. You and just, walk away. Just yeah. Do you have to refill the... The... Um, you, the if you, The filament running out in the middle of a print is like a nightmare scenario. In the modern era... Um, it's not as bad because modern printers have what's called a runout sensor. So it knows that the filament ran out and it'll stop and it'll say refill me. Okay. Um, usually, because that can fail and then you're really up shit's creek because you, right. you made it like, you know, two days and 12 hours into a three day print and then you're oh. like, oh no. <laughs> right, right. But it has sort of a printer tray kind of sensor yeah. that they've added to it. Exactly. And how, so then you're just like, where does it go? Like share that screen again, if you would. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And show me where you're filling the, the filament into it. So let's see if we can get a good one. Um, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, there we go. That's a great picture. Okay. So, so the filament comes in through the top. This is not with the print dry, by the way. This is just a different one. It comes in okay. straight through the top. Oh, right down okay. Into this, so it's into just the, got a tiny there. box, what looks to be an empty box right now, <laughs> or, or a cage. What, what this thing? The, the gray thing on top? Oh, the gray thing on top is, is a roll of filament. It's, uh, it's just seen straight from the front. Like, uh, it looks, it's, where's the other one? See, like, the, this is maybe a better way to look at it. See? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, oh, Oh, so it's a spool. Yeah, it's just a spool. It's a spool of extruded yeah, a uh, wire filament. Yeah, like okay. plastic wire. Yeah. Is that what filament means? Hi, I'm yeah, over that's what here. filament means. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for playing, Jackie. Okay, so uh, so it just and, and is that white line that's going into the top box? Is that the filament as well? That is the filament. I use a little a tube of uh, Teflon, a P- well, it's PTFE. Yeah. Uh, as I learned when I was as I learned in when I started working for an engineering company, Teflon, the name is trademarked. So you can't call it Teflon unless it's made by Dupont. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, it's the Kleenex of, of, of filament. Yes, exactly. So okay. Teflon, you, you cannot print with Teflon. Um, there's okay. weird things cause it's whatever, but so, um, but I use, this is actually one of the modifications I made by default. It doesn't do this. I have a little Teflon tube that just goes into the top and I feed my filament through the Teflon tube to basically protect it as it's going in. And also because it makes it a lot stiffer. So it keeps it from bending really sharply as the thing's moving around. Okay. And yeah. so, so as that filament is dropped into the the printer, because it's just sitting there, right? There's a yeah. there's there's a stack of orange. Uh, is it hotting it up as it heads towards the tiny yeah. fan? So, yes. So the, that tiny fan is not actually the well the tiny fan the orange tiny it's fan a is just a it's a no it's a it's a it's really just a, a decoration but okay. it's all, it tells you when the motors when the extruder motor is moving when it's actually pushing it. Oh, okay. But it's so, basically just a decoration. The de- yeah, so, but it looks like a tiny fan. So Yeah, it does. So as <laughs> um, you go down. As you go down, it just pushes. It has like little gears, like, and it pushes it through into the nozzle, which is very hot. 
Okay. Um, and then it pushes and the no it pushes it out, melted through the nozzle exactly where you want. And so it just moves. That little box moves left that and right. The platform moves front and back. And that's how it positions it where it needs to be. Okay. And is the tiny different colored orange thing on the bottom, is that the nozzle? Is that what it comes that out is of? A, that is a fan shroud. So that is, the nozzle is even smaller. It's way underneath there. Okay. The nozzle is really tiny. That's just a, that's a, that's a, uh, like a blower essentially just to okay. blow air because you want it as soon as it comes out hot you want it to start immediately cooling down yeah so there so there so there's like a fan that is just that's all it does is it blows it blows air on the plastic as it's coming out do you ever just sit and watch it oh absolutely <laughs> it is hypnotizing you just sit there and it's going uh, 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 uh. Uh, uh, and I could sit there for two hours, just like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's And so so something could take three days to do it. You walk yeah. away. Uh, how long did it take to make those crystals? Uh, those crystals uh, probably didn't take that long. I think uh, most of the stuff that I print nowadays, because I tend to print like functional, functional stuff, takes on the order of like a few hours. Um, uh, are you yeah. building a ship to get off this planet? What oh are you God. building right now? What are you, what are you building? Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm not building anything. Uh, okay. this, this summer, I built a few fun things. I built, um, I made this thing, which is uh, my local farmer's market. It has a wonderful person. Uh, Urban Harvest Farmer's Market in Houston, Texas. If you're listening, go Yay. see Jackie. Yay. Um, her I, name, I, yeah, her name is also H Jackie. Houston. Oh, okay. And Houston uh, comedy scene is actually quite great. So uh, mm -hmm. I wish to return because there's a sort of a, a bunch of local comics who uh, just put up shows. And, and I have worked with them a couple of times just opening for Maria, but uh, Bamford. But uh, I would come back anytime. That's awesome. So I made, she makes macarons and she has literally a hundred different flavors that she makes that she makes. And so she'll pick like a dozen every week. And she's like, I'm making these ones. Yeah. And she got really tired of writing everything on the blackboard. And she, all she wanted literally from me was cause she knew I had a laminator and she goes, can you laminate, did you make laminated cards? And I go, well, I could, but you want something cooler. <laughs> and so I made her these black cards. Oh, cause we didn't even talk about this filament mid print filament changes. So you can change the filament in the middle of a print. Like, and you, you can only do this with the same material of a different color. Okay. And, um, but just like changing thread. Exactly. You just stop it. It stops it. It unloads, you load the next one. And so what you can do with that, which I love, and I did here, you can see is you can write. So you like the first, the first, however many layers are white okay. and then the next layers are black, but they have the word cut out of it. Like, you know. Okay. Oh, oh, like negative space. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And yeah. so through that cutout, you see the white and you spell something else. So in this case, you, sp you see all of the flavors that she used. So that was a much bigger project than I thought it was going to be, but it was still fun. How big is um, that? But it took, um, each one of the little cards is just, it's like an inch tall by like six to eight inches wide. Okay. So it's, it's literally like the size of my hand, a little bit bigger than my hand. So this is yeah. a, ta this is a tabletop card. This is yeah. not... Uh, a standing card no, outside the, the door. Yeah, no, no, okay. no. She has like a sandwich board and okay. used to stick these cards to them. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. But she has to, does she have to go with these, these same 10? Like she, you were like. Well, she has that. Well, she gave me her giant list of like a hundred flavors. And yeah. she goes, can you like, so I printed all of them. Um, and, and then she just picks like, so she has this, she has essentially a big box of these cards and she just picks the ones that she's going to use. Okay. So she can swap out, like if, oh, yeah. if it's not chocolate and vanilla, she can go yeah. chocolate, cotton candy and blackberry. And those are the three I'm making. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, so you, yeah. she can, oh, excellent. Yeah. So she, and then she, she'll call me every now and then and she'll be like, I'm making a new flavor. She just did cafe mocha and I'll make her, okay. and I'll make her a new card. So those are, oh. that's fun. And then, oh, the other one, this is me being an absolutely. Do you get lunatic. free macarons? I get, I have gotten uh, the occasional free macaron, yes, because that's I did what, this for her. Uh, that's very nice. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I made this for Christopher for my boyfriend. As I said, he's in restaurants. He's specifically in wines. Oh, nice. Um, and so he got these little two ounce sample bottles, two ounce glass bottles and on Amazon that he was okay. going to give to people like to try out different wines. And he's like, I want you to make something that I can carry these in. Yeah. And this is my favorite thing about 3D printing because it's it's like it frees you from sort of the standard. I was going to make like a standard sort of milk cart and like little six pack. Good. And I was like, but that's not I don't need to do that. I can make whatever I want. So I made this honeycomb thing where it's like a carousel. So it's six pieces around the around the central one. And then the central this the, there's a second piece that you just screw in. That's a handle. So you carry it like that. Oh, and it looks like a cork. It looks like yeah, a cork a remover. Bit, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that, but it does. It looks like a little it, cork opener. Yeah, 
oh my god, that is gorgeous. And uh, and so he could just hand people this adorable. These yeah, are two ounces. Here, try these. Try these. Try yeah. these six different kinds of wine. And mm-hmm. um, is he a sommelier? He is a licensed sommelier, but he works in distribution. Well, so, as does yeah. my nephew. And initially, I was like, "You're working at a liquor store." <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and then he was like, "Stop talking to me." Anyway, <laughs> I get to go to Spain and France twice a year. Leave me alone. Oh my god! Yeah. He, was, he Christopher was set up to go to Italy, and then you know, COVID happened. <laughs> oh, poor thing. But it will it will resolve, and uh, we live in hope. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think we're at an hour. I have no oh, okay. idea. Yeah, but I, uh, I, we're, I think we're actually past an hour. I really could talk about this for 17 hours. It's so great. Uh, so stop sharing that so I can okay, see yeah. uh, wait, wh- wait. where we are. <laughs> Nicholas Betancourt, you guys. It's at Nick H-B-E-T uh, on Twitter and then at NH Betancourt on, on Instagram, which he maybe he'll share. Maybe he'll share maybe. his TX and, Engineer uh, 14. Yeah. I'm DX thinking, Engineer 14 is probably a better, is probably a better if I'm going to post, like, if you want to go specifically with 3D printing stuff. Right, right. And that's uh, thing, Thingiverse? Thingiverse. Thingiverse with an I. Thingiverse with an I. T-H-I-N-G-I-V-E-R-S-E. Thingiverse. Thank you so much for this, Nick. This was super fun. This is fun. I have learned so much. Rangers, how great was this? And definitely, <laughs> you should go. I've been just since quarantine. I have been posting them all on YouTube. If the video is not something that I've hated, hi, <laughs> my head is round, so uh, <laughs> it's fine. But uh, thank you so much for doing the show. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?